Welcome to the heart space. The deep, smooth voice of the woman who opened the door instantly soothed my nervousness about being here. I took a deep breath and wondered again why I had decided to accept the invitation from my friend. I'm not sure why I'm here, I murmured as I began to back away from the door. She instantly reacted as if she was expecting my turning away. Her eyes shone with a light that called to me, even as my mind ignored the rising of recognition that was building. I stood frozen on that doorstep, unsure whether to move forward into a different world or turn away and return to my comfortable but depressing life. She took advantage of my hesitation and again gently urged me to enter. So glad you are here. Please step inside, take off your shoes, and find a chair. We've been waiting for you. I peeked around her to the softly lit room that lay beyond the small entryway. People were sitting on chairs, cushions or the floor, talking softly and leaning towards each other. The mood was joyfully calm, and I felt that spark of recognition flare again. The open door was letting in cold air, but the woman didn't seem to mind. I could see candles flickering at the breeze caused by the opening, and several of the people in the interior room turned to look towards me. The pleasing side of my personality kicked in, and I stepped into the foyer just enough to close the door behind me. I stood frozen in that spot, not willing to move any further into the house. What? You're still standing in the doorway, not sure if you should come in? She looked at me with compassion and understanding. I didn't sense any judgment or criticism, only a calm acceptance of my choice at this moment. I saw movement in the next room and realized that it was my friend, Angela, coming up to get me. Angela and I were best friends from work, and it was at her urging that I was here. Surprise spread across her face as she greeted me. I didn't think you would come. My hesitation solidified as I struggled with the decision of staying or going. Something intangible but very real was dinging inside of me, letting me know that my decision would be a turning point in my life. The last time that happened was when I decided to become a lawyer. I diligently followed that path until I became so distant from myself that I began searching for answers to questions I had never thought to ask. The world told me what I should do to be happy. I followed that script, checking off the milestones, and I was now at a place in my life where stress, harsh criticism, and rigid judgment seemed to rule. I had reached the point where something had to change. Something had to give. Since I couldn't change the world, I decided it was time to change me. The linear logical perspective did not deliver the promised land. It only brought me to a place where darkness seemed to dominate and moments of light became fewer and further between. Angela was one of my few bright spots. We were both associates at the same law firm, 
working under the same pressure of billing an inhuman amount of hours, pleasing demanding clients, and clawing our way to partnership. We commiserated about the impossible hours, the demeaning partners, and the work itself. But somehow, while I sank deeper into a dark abyss that never seemed to end, Angela was the bright light that never dimmed. One day at lunch, I asked her how she stayed so calm in the face of her work. She smiled and leaned forward as if sharing a secret that was for my ears only. She bent forward to whisper in my ear. It's called the heart space. I couldn't help myself from blurting, what is that, an ashram for monks? My tone was teasing, but my question was real. She laughed and nodded. Something like that was all she shared. After constant badgering and pushing, aggressiveness being a necessary trait for any litigator, she finally shared the details about tonight's meeting at the heart space. I knew nothing about it except the date, time, and location. The lack of information was both intriguing and infuriating. I knew Angela handled herself much better at work than I did. The comparison between the two of us was stark and not flattering to me. If she learned how to manage her stress and remain poised in any situation because of what she had learned here, then I really should pay attention. I looked at Angela, my dear friend and advisor, and asked her, do you think I should stay? My vulnerability was obvious and my voice actually shook a tiny bit. To her credit, Angela did not give me the expected response. This gathering was not a party to meet new people or network. This was the heart space, something I still did not understand, but I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. The woman who answered the door touched Angela's arm gently. They looked deeply into each other's eyes for a moment, silently communicating. As I watched, I felt my heart rate slow down and begin to match their energy. My mind took note of this interesting phenomenon, tucking it away to think about later. The two women hugged each other. Then the older woman turned away and joined her guests. Who is that? Angela did not answer immediately. She motioned for me to step into the small office just to the right of the front door. After a moment, we both sat down in the two chairs, repositioning them to face each other. I patiently waited for her to answer. My quick glance around the office revealed several interesting pieces of information. A desk with the latest Mac computer, bookcases filled with titles such as The Power of Now, Conversations with God, and Daring Greatly. Several Buddha statues stood century in different places around the room, and a Tibetan prayer flag hung over the window. I returned my gaze to Angela, waiting for her explanation. I discovered the heart space online, she began. I had never meditated before, and I decided to try the 21-day challenge. It changed my life. I knew that Angela was a dedicated meditator and thought that might be the secret to her success. I couldn't help asking her, is that your secret? 
She paused as she remembered her journey up to this moment. She deflected my answer when she continued. I felt like I had discovered the keys to the kingdom. I learned more about meditation and mindfulness, reading everything I could on both topics. I nodded, remembering when Angela had embraced both areas so passionately. I had even tried to meditate myself, but I always found that my mind refused to cooperate. I always suffered through the experience and was barraged by an incessant parade of thoughts. No matter what position I tried or which app I used, I could never reach a clear mind. Angela, on the other hand, became a master at meditation. She would take breaks during the day, retreating to her quiet room, a small, rarely used conference room, and do her thing. I always assumed that it was her secret weapon, something she had mastered and I had failed at miserably. But I discovered that meditation was only the first step. I had to gain control over my mind before I could listen to my heart. You mean there's more to how you handle stress than meditation? My tone was both incredulous and frustrated. When I heard her say, keys to the kingdom, my mind cheered for having identified the answer. Now she was telling me that there was more? Laughter filled the small space as Angela nodded, taking my hands in her own. She smiled at me warmly and looked deep into my eyes. After four or five seconds, I glanced away, uncomfortable at the length of time spent just looking. She squeezed my hands gently and said, I know what you're feeling. Uncomfortable, right? I nodded and smiled back, grateful to be here with my friend. Let me show you something that will explain the heart space. It will only take a minute. I nodded my agreement and started to pull my hands away. Angela's grip tightened and she said softly, this physical contact is part of what I want to show you. What else is there to show me? I wondered out loud, not really expecting an answer. Angela's eyes lit up with laughter as her mouth opened in astonishment. Oh, my dear, she choked out between gasping for breath. You have no idea. My response was defensive and quick. How can you laugh at me? I came here in good faith, not knowing anything about this place or what you do here, and you're laughing at me. I pulled my hands away roughly from hers and sat back in the chair, arms crossed, sending a clear message that I had withdrawn from this moment. My mother used to tease me whenever I acted this way. I was very sensitive as a child, and any slight inflection or dismissive tone would instantly send me straight to my defensive posture. My mother started calling it my castle and she used it to remind me when I had pulled up the drawbridge. Sometime over the years, I had shared that particular childhood quirk with Angela. At work, she began calling me out whenever she knew I had pulled up my drawbridge and retreated. She always used a teasing tone to remind me that I may have overreacted. Now, however, Angela was not teasing. She gripped my knees hard and urgently pleaded, 
This is too important. Please don't retreat to your castle. The strength of her emotional plea was strong enough to pull me out of my reactivity. It felt like she had thrown a glass of cold water on my face. I took a deep breath to calm my emotions and smiled slightly. Okay, I may have overreacted. Angela shot me a knowing look and nodded. You may have overreacted? I laughed, releasing the tension in my body. All right. I admit it, I overreacted. I paused and then added, it's what I do. She shook her head and looked at me with compassion. Angela had seen me at my best and at my absolute worst, and still she called me her friend. She was one of the few people I allowed into my life. She was one of the few people who saw past my reactivity understanding that it was really vulnerability, and yet she still loved me. And that is exactly why you are miserable. How am I supposed to be? If I don't react immediately, I may miss something important. The drawbridge was starting to pull up again. I've told you this before. Instead of reacting, take a deep breath and then respond. But I don't understand the difference. My voice rose as I allowed exasperation to color my words. Angela withdrew slightly and visibly recentered her body in the chair. I don't doubt that she was also realigning her minds and emotion at the same time. <sighs> Let's start again, shall we? I smiled and reminded her that she had never told me who was the woman who lived here. Angela nodded. That's as good a place to begin as any. Her name is Faith Driscoll, and she's the creator of the heart space. I still don't understand what that is, I murmured under my breath, not wanting to interrupt the flow of information. We'll get to that, Angela smiled and continued. I still want you to experience something first, though. I sighed in resignation, not wanting to go back to that staring thing. To say it was uncomfortable is like saying drinking acid was mildly irritating. I was never going to admit this to Angela, but earlier when we looked into each other's eyes, I felt terror rising from my gut to my heart. Absolute terror. Why? I have no idea. But it was the same terror that I felt any time someone challenged me at work or at home. I was terrified of feeling the terror and instinctively pushed it away by becoming defensive, pulling up my drawbridge, retreating to my castle and defending my opinions relentlessly until the other person backed down, gave up or retreated. I always emerged victorious. But when I looked around to see who would celebrate my victory with me, I was also always alone, utterly and completely alone. The need to be right was so embedded in my psyche that I no longer saw it as a problem. It had become a way of life. The strategy of avoiding terror and fighting to the death had served me well through law school and at the firm. Until now, 
I had hit a wall and couldn't find anything to help me destroy it. My wall was a realization that I was 33 years old, stuck in a career that no longer satisfied me, waiting for Prince Charming. I was desperate for a solution, a different way to live. I had actually given up on Prince Charming scaling the walls and entering my castle. I was just too good at defending myself, and I had lost the ability to remain open and to receive and connect. These thoughts passed through my consciousness quickly, but I knew that Angela could see what I was doing to myself, beating myself for beating me. Laughter erupted from the other room, reminding us that there was a heart space to attend. I sighed again and offered my hands to my best friend, palms up. She smiled gratefully and placed her smaller hands on top of mine, face down, forming a sandwich of skin. Let's try this again, shall we? I nodded for her to begin. I had no idea what to expect, but I trusted her enough to try. Plus, I knew that she yearned to join the rest of the group, and I was delaying her. I'm going to ask you to look into my eyes and allow your mind to open, Angela said gently. But before you do, take a deep breath and center yourself. I squirmed in my chair as I repositioned myself. My feet were flat on the floor, shoeless, and I wriggled my toes into the carpet. I inhaled as deeply as I could, feeling the air travel down the back of my throat and into my lungs. When I exhaled, I noticed that I felt calmer and more relaxed. The emotional charge for my reactivity had subsided, and the surface of my mind was calmer than before. Now, when you look into my eyes, you'll notice that uncomfortable feeling after about four or five seconds. Do not pull away or look back. What we are both yearning for lies just beyond that discomfort. Without giving me any time to argue, disseminate, or discourage, she calmly focused on my eyes. I could only return her gaze, feeling almost hypnotized by her. My discomfort rose up again, and I almost broke contact, but she squeezed my hands and silently encouraged me to continue. I started noticing the color of her eyes flecked with gold around a dark pupil. As these thoughts were rolling across my mind, I suddenly felt a pull to go deeper into that dark circle. Something was calling me to step into that space of the intensity of the contact pushed me back in my seat. The connection abruptly shattered, but only after I knew that there was more to see. Angela smiled knowingly and nodded approvingly. You saw it, didn't you? I shook my head, not understanding what I had seen. My mind reeled in confusion while my heart tapped at an alarming rate. I don't know what I saw. Angela nodded, hearing the acknowledgement of words hidden underneath the doubt and confusion. You experienced something beyond yourself, didn't you? 
I could not begin to describe what I saw in the depths of her eyes. My mind swirled in chaos at the enormity of her statement, and I was mute, incapable of responding. Angela stood up, satisfied that she had accomplished her goal. Chairs were being pushed back in the other room, people moving and gathering their things. I looked up at Angela with an ocean of questions shining in my eyes. She said, guess what? You have to come back for more.